Hey there, howdy. Thanks for tuning in and thanks for telling a friend that you hang out on the other side of Texas. I'm your host, Jay West Texas Leeson. Welcome to the program. Broadcasting from the West Texas Accessory Depot studios. Go see the folks at Accessory Depot on 82nd Valencia in Lubbock. Other side listeners, whether it be by podcast, SoundCloud, or OtherSideOfTexas.com, get a free row of WeatherTech liners with the purchase of a bed cover. That's right. And if you're listening away from Lubbock, just go to WTAccessoryDepot.com and uh, get your bed cover and they'll mail you the WeatherTech liners. 806-866-9494. Going to pick up where we left off yesterday. There is no way in my mind. I think that a lot of people who are voting to keep the Auditorium Coliseum have a grievance out uh, like it's festivus for the for the rest of us with these guys like we want the council to pound sand and i really believe that they're looking at the wrong council even though i believe that this council has mishandled this there's been some pr stuff that they could have handled differently but this problem has lingered for long for the longest time the last time i went into the auditorium coliseum I couldn't even put my knees in front of me. Like, I don't know if people were small in the early 60s, or maybe I'm... It's not even an obesity question. It's a question of what... So at the door, nobody... Like, you know at Six Flags, like, you got to be this tall or, yeah. or taller? Uh-huh. Like, in the Auditorium Coliseum, <laughs> yeah. you got to be this short or shorter yeah. in order to sit comfortably in those seats. And there... So... My whole deal is this. Of the people that are voting to keep it, I do not believe that a majority of those people would vote for to give the council permission to pass a $25 million CO bond. Now, they can't write that legally on the ballot. But the whole point there is that these people who are voting for, and, you know, it's different demographics, different people, but by and large... I don't think you could get 51% of them that would say, I want to keep the Coliseum and I want to give the city council permission to issue a $25 million certified obligation bond on our behalf. You would not find that. And so the more and more I look through it and I look at opposition and I hear from opposition on giving it over to tech, I don't think you got 51%. They're going to put their money where their ballot is. Period. In the story. I don't think you're going to find that. So, it's that. Plus, my understanding is that tech is raising money to build an athletic storm. Now, you can't call an athletic storm because, you know, Title IX, this, that, and other. But 49% of the residents of a new dorm that would be built at that facility where that facility now stands after demo 49% would be tech athletes and on top of the new indoor facility on top of where we're going in basketball where we're going in spring sports if you're able to get me five Zaire Smiths in the next decade with the sort of economic impact that that has within Lubbock Mm -hmm. and the the region 
then I think you've made your case to me for not having a storage facility that costs $100,000 a year. Now, that's a big if. If that facility is going to be built, if they can get the Zaire Smiths. So, I just say right now, other side of Texas, tomorrow I'll go into a voting booth and I will grant Tex, uh, the city of Lubbock permission to hand it over I to, to Texas Tech University. Now, this comes with one caveat. And all you guys out there, I know, all you guys who are listening, in the brass, I want you to know that I will lead the front. I will be carrying the, the, the pitchforks. I'll be carrying uh, the fire. If this demo goes over $4 million, which it will, it will go to $8 million. If Lubbock taxpayers wind up footing the bill on any of the demolition, I'll be the first in line. But so far as the present conversation is concerned, I will vote for handing over the Lubbock Auditorium, the historic Lubbock Auditorium Coliseum over to Texas Tech. It just makes sense. Stick with us right here on Other Side of Texas. His class voted him most likely to run with scissors. Welcome back to The Other Side with Jay Leeson. You know what you need is your car wash. You need your car wash. Like, I, we, I have a guy I work with, and he gets his car washed like five days a week because Whoa. he's got the VIP pass awesome. at Racer Car Wash. And that's what you need whenever you live in Lubbock. The best wash around in Lubbock. Five years running. Stop into one of five convenient locations across the Hub City for the best wash around. Go to racerwash.com and... Uh, figure out which location works best for you and get the best wash around hey uh heading up this segment here a couple of people that we want to introduce to you uh aaron sims is the texas park and wildlife game warden and one of the stars of lone star law on animal planet uh, we'll get in with aaron here in just a moment as well as breitbart texas boss and or managing editor Brandon Darby, how are you guys doing? I'm doing great, but I want to talk about prairie dogs. Okay, prairie dogs. We're gonna we're gonna prairie try. Dogs. We're gonna get uh, Aaron on here in just. Why do you want to talk about prairie dogs? Well, because my pastor, when I moved in, there were a couple pasture, of prairie dogs. Pasture, not pastor. Correct. Okay. And there were a couple of prairie dogs, and they were very cute. And now there's two hundred prairie dogs and they're killing my pastor so there's not much i can do about that and i want to know what can be done about that problem hmm. what was once cute has now become it's almost like gremlin kind of like the similar to the plot of gremlins but without the water you know without <laughs> the dead people just the juicy fruit but not the water uh aaron sims are you on Yes, sir. Yeah, All right. Finally able to connect. So, yeah. so, Aaron, you're on. I just gave you your proper introduction. Texas Park and Wildlife Game Warden and one of the stars of Lone Star Law on Animal Planet. 
Uh, Brandon Darby, managing editor of Breitbart, Texas, on with us as well. Brandon was just telling us that he had a couple of cute prairie dogs a year Ah. or two ago, and now he's got uh, 200 gremlins uh, prairie dogs. Oh, man. Yeah, so he's he's got a little bit of an issue maybe on his property then, I take it? Uh, I think more than that. (laughs) But what do we do? I'm going to be honest with you, Aaron. Um, I'm kind of torn. Uh, I'm on the verge of, yeah. of not knowing if I'm an outlaw or not. You know, like when I asked somebody what to do, and they they told me there was three S's the country live in: shoot, shovel, and shut up. And then I figured <laughs> I would ask you, and I would I would try to stay on the right side of the law and not become an outlaw. So what what are Yeah, I know. I, I got you, and and they can be annoying. Um, but just so everybody's clear, in in the state of Texas. They're considered non-game animals, and so there's no bag limits on them. You can hunt them year-round, um, and some of them, some people really enjoy hunting the prairie dogs. Uh, but yeah, when it gets to a point where there's um, so many on your property, it can be an issue. Now, uh, personally, I hear it from uh, landowners that may have cattle out there, or horses, and they're they're concerned with them, you know, stepping in the holes and such. But um, other than other than hunting them, let's just address that first off. Um, if you're going to be hunting them in the state of Texas, yes, you'll just need your basic hunting license, $25. But when it gets into depredation of property, and I do want to cover the depredation portion of that. Um, Depredation, I get this question asked all the time. What is that? That's the loss of or damage to your agricultural crops, uh, your livestock, poultry, wildlife, or your personal property. So anytime that starts happening, like maybe I don't know the full story, but it sounds like it might be happening on your property. Um, you can you can take them out by um, by, by any means um, as far as hunting them, but if it becomes a huge issue and, and hunting them is not taking care of the problem, you might want to contact a, a licensed wildlife removal specialist. That's also an option as well. Yeah, because hunting them is a great option for me. Except mine are really smart. Like you know, if you're over there by Buffalo Springs Lake, you can pull mm-hmm. up and those prairie dogs just kind of hang out and smile at you. But mine, <laughs> they're not like that. Like you get about 150, 200 yards from them and they they hide. And the problem yeah. I have is that I'm not that great of a shot. You know, <laughs> so it's not working out for me. You know. Yeah, I got you. It's not working. If you out. have any other friends, go on the property too. I mean, if you have close family friends you trust. Um, you know, it might be able to turn into a prob- profitable thing for you if you have people going out there that you trust and, and hunt on the property. But uh, they are. They do get smart. And the more often you hunt the area, they will get smarter. They're very good at communicating, even though they look like little rodents. They're very good communicators. And uh, a lot of them learn. And so when they give those warning calls, they'll go in the holes until they, they think they're safe. So maybe one or two at a time after a couple-hour period. That's tough. I hear you. So you're telling me that I could turn this into like a, a hunting lease? Uh, uh, sure. I could turn this yes, into a profitable. People would fly in from all over the country to hunt my prairie dogs. I don't know about flying. Maybe they could. <laughs> yeah, they they might drive in locally, but uh, that that might be an option that you could you could look at. I mean, it's your private property, so you can um, you know handle it as you as you would like. But uh, they are non-game species in Texas, so you can hunt them. I know, I do know they get a bad rap, though, so I do want to clear, kind of clear that up. They do aerate the soil. They are native. Um, you know, we were talking off air a little bit earlier today about something that isn't not native, 
and it tears up the property, which is feral hogs. I'm not sure if you have feral hogs on the property, but by any means, you can take those those off your property, and they are not supposed to be there, whereas prairie dogs are, are native. But, uh, but also, uh, so let me jump in here. Darby, you and I were sitting on your front porch last night, and, mm-hmm. and I owe you a bird. Uh, let, you know, that's a whole other thing I want to get into. That was okay. very offensive to me. Very offended at Jay Lee's, and I have two barn swallows that live on my porch, and for the last couple mm-hmm. of years, there's two barn swallows in there. I don't know if it's the same ones or not, but I think it is, which makes me sentimental. And he started trying mm-hmm. to take pictures of them, and I told him, I said, don't do it. Leave them alone. Just don't mess with them. He's like, no, it's just taking a picture. And then his phone uh-huh. banged the the ceiling of my porch one of the barn swallows flew up and now there's just one there an owl got him an owl got him i think an owl got the, <laughs> the barn swallow or something we should put that you know, footage that on animal we, we could do like a recall yeah. like unsolved mysteries and get the barn swallow getting <laughs> swallowed up by an owl no, yeah, yeah. on this side of the south plains like what i don't know if it's the causation here but all i know is Everywhere that there's one of those mounds, there's a good 20 to 50 feet surrounding it where there's no grass. I don't know if they built it there because there's no grass or if all of a sudden my grass is dying from some disease in my pasture and they just happened to, it just happened to happen at the same time. But mm-hmm. I'm looking at a pasture that doesn't look nearly as pretty as all my neighbors who shoot their prairie dogs and you know, have mm-hmm. platforms and stuff. And I'm thinking right. that they're killing my my prairie. I'm, I'm thinking they're ca- killing my grass. Is what I'm thinking. It, it, and I'd have to check it out. Here? Depends on the the grass species. They do eat a lot of grass. Um, in fact, according to our website, about 300 prairie dogs will eat as much as a cow or to a cow and a half. So they they will munch some grass. Wow. Um, but depending on the species of grass, if it's non-native, they might eat it down to the roots to where it does not reproduce and doesn't grow back. But if it's a native grass, um, those native grass have developed around these prairie dogs to where they, they don't eat the roots down to the ground, and it's actually healthy for that habitat, believe it or not. I know the mounds themselves aren't going to grow the grass because they're, they're digging in them. But, um, you know, they're, they're almost, a, you know, they're keystone species for the plains. They do uh, support habitat for burrowing owls as well who take care of the rodents that you might not want on your in your house there or your uh, your camp house there's there's a fine balance um but you know reaching out to maybe one of those removal companies and asking them you know what are some options available um but uh, but it seems it seems to me darby that you've got two options you can open up Mm. like a hunting airbnb at your house like Mm. put up a few stands like you invest like a thousand dollars in stands and uh, liability forms, and get a lawyer. So you know you're sitting at about three yeah. grand. Yeah. And, and so that's option number one, or option number two, you call in a company. Mm. Well, now here's the other thing: is I saw that there's some kind of gas tablet, and that just mm-hmm. felt like World War One ish to me. Like that just sounds like One-ish. horrible to, you know, like to kill. Yeah. I just right. don't like the concept of killing every, like, poison gassing all my tunnels under my ground. You know what I mean? That just doesn't sound right. So, uh, yes, sir. Yeah, and, and, and those individuals would have to be, you know, obviously trained and permitted to use those. But there, there's several ways they have to take them out. Um, some use vacuum trucks. 
Uh, some do do use those uh, gas pellets, um, but I, I hear you there. I mean, yeah, wait, vacuum trucks like they're literally sucking prairie dogs out mm. of the ground. Yes, sir, and uh, they'll go to a, a padded uh, van in a sense, and they'll they'll go in there. But even that, it seems um, humane. But anytime you know you're using a high vacuum pressure with with small rodents, uh, there are some casualties there as well. So it's it's tough. It's tough when you're removing. But what do they do uh, with them animals. once they got them, Aaron? Like they aren't taking them down to PetSmart and selling them. Correct. They're going to have to get approved to relocate them in a specific area, and that's that's generally what they like do. Like in my backyard? They, no, they have not, obviously no, no. They they would okay. definitely get permission uh, from the area that they would. They wouldn't just dump them on somebody's land. No, sir. So they just no, go sir. dump them in Prairie Dog Town. That's what they do. Yeah, well, there you go. They bolster the on the east part of Lubbock. There. <laughs> okay. Now, now it, let's talk about something. Yeah. As a as yeah, a game warden. Some of you all are on the border, is that right? Like right now, some of you are helping on the U.S.-Mexico border? Is that, am I yes, sir. That? That's correct. Yes, sir. Uh, in fact, two Lubbock Game uh, Wardens just got back uh, this week from a, an operation down there. Now, so my job puts me on the border quite a bit, and it puts me in remote areas because usually I get tipped off, and then I'm trying to show that there's an area that's, you know, not being secured properly, and, and I film mm-hmm. people running loads of I mean, crazy stuff, and... But I'll tell you something that very much impressed me is I was in the Rio Grande Valley sector and I was mm-hmm. near Anzaldúas Bridge and I was hiding out in the brush trying to film a load crossing and a game warden came up behind me and uh, talked to me and radioed in that I was there or whatever. I was fine. It was legal. But that guy mm-hmm. was able to get upon me within, and I'm pretty good, and he was within feet of me before I knew he was present. And I was trying to figure out how in the heck you guys are so quiet and sneaky. How, how do you do it? Do they train you to, to, to do that? Like, are you trained by indigenous peoples on how to, yeah. how to you know, like, how does that happen? We're, yeah, we're very good. We're very trained at being sneaky. Uh, yeah, that's one of the qualities and characteristics we, we, get, we talk about in the academy when we're getting trained. Um, a lot of times we watch hunters for, you know, maybe an hour at a time before we make contact. Because we, we want to know the big picture. And uh, so we we sneak up on a lot of hunters quite often, fishermen, and then I guess that case that <laughs> it was you down by the A bridge, and I know that bridge well. I've done many a many a rotation down there, so I know exactly where you're talking about. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of uh, the characteristics that to help us protect the resource. So, uh, Brandon, yeah, uh, that's amazing, amazing. Sure. I'm glad you guys exist. I'm I really am. I, I think some states go a little crazy. I don't think Texas does, and I think that it's very important that you all are there. But some states are a little crazy. Like, I I was in Maryland trying to fish. You know, you can tell a lot about a state and about how how much they admire freedom based upon how hard it is to get fishing licenses in the state, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Texas is very easy. We're all about liberty. But if you go to Maryland, Mm -hmm. it's a totally different situation, right? It ends up costing you so much money, and you have to have all these different licenses I went to this park called Lookout Park or Lookout Point or something, and I guess one side was on the Chesapeake, one side was in the open waters, and another side was, you know, whatever. And um, and one side was on the Potomac or something. And mm. you wouldn't believe the amount of licenses that I had to get to fish in that water. It was insanity. Right. You know, so I think, I think Texas is doing a pretty good job 
uh, you all are pretty much liked here, you know, and appreciated from, from what I yeah, gather. Sure. I don't ever see anybody protesting you, you know? Right. Well, the majority, you're, you're correct, the majority is way positive when it comes to parks and wildlife. But And here's the deal, though, too, uh, that the small portion of people that legally hunt and fish, uh, a lot of other people that may be, let's say, anti-hunting, they don't realize the people that hunt and fish support all the species. And we're talking population estimates, the endangered species, threatened species, and manage those species as well as the game animals that we, we come to appreciate. So uh, the more people that hunt and fish, is, it's the better, you know, especially in Texas, the legal way. Because it, it, all, all the funds go to protecting a lot of different species around Texas. And, and that's why it's, it's important to get the young ones uh, into the hunting and fishing world. So and let me let me interject here as we close up this segment. I know you got family and stuff to get to here, Sims, uh, TV extraordinaire. Again, Aaron Sims, you can catch him on Lone Star Law on Animal Planet. Y'all going to start filming again in September? Hopefully, yes, sir. Generally, we actually start in the uh, water safety season, big season for us, uh, late July into August, mm-hmm. right before uh, dove season kicks off. Yeah. And there's some busy lakes around Texas. That's so, for sure. tell us about jackrabbits. Oh, what do we do about jackrabbits here? Or, or even the cottontail bunnies. I mean, they seem so sweet and cute when there's two or three of them until there's like a hundred of them and they're eating your garden, you know? Yes. And then it's yes. not so cute yes. anymore. I'm reminded of by a field. I think it's over by Texas Tech in Lubbock. I came in one night from way late patrol. I'm talking one, two in the morning, and my uh, headlight shined across this field, and it looked like just a swarm of of rabbits. And I put, turned turned my high beams on, and sure enough, I mean there was just hundreds and hundreds, and maybe thousands of them. Um, they can, yes, they can reproduce. We all know the the myth about them reproducing fast, right? Well, they can uh, go in an area and really hammer that that grass in the area people say why what what's going on uh, there are cycles there'll be a, a, a boom and a bust so like a trough so the the population will drastically increase and then will drastically decrease right now we're in a we're in a bad drought in our area at least you'll you'll probably see those numbers start to decline but once we get any little bit of rain they'll go back up again um, there's a lot of other species that um, manage them. We're talking maybe wolves were here back in the day. Well, they're not Get here some anymore. wolves, uh, Darby! <laughs> well, cats, I saw a cat coyotes, but take one of yeah. them. Cats, oh, people yeah. don't believe me, but like wild cats will eat, like regular cats will eat those rabbits. Well, can we eat the uh, rabbit? Like, yeah, you can eat the rabbit, rabbit. but be careful. Um, you know, obviously it's just like any wild meat. Cook it to temperature and then use gloves when you're cleaning the animal. Um, you know, sometimes you, you look at these wildlife uh, diseases and uh, ticks are going to be something you'll want to keep an eye on. And that's the same thing with prairie dogs as well. I mean, bubonic plague is something that uh, occurs in certain prairie dog towns. So anytime you're handling any of those wild animals, you want to take proper precautions. But, yeah, you can, eat, you can eat cottontail and make a good stew out of it. So, Sims, i got one more question. Here's one thing that kind of, like... I'm a, I'm a regular on Darby's front porch out in the country on his 10 acres, and he wanted me to hang around. Sims, I just want your analysis here. He wanted me to hang around last night because he's got a skunk that he calls Stinky, and Stinky comes up to his porch every night and eats what I presume to be dog food. Um, 
and, mm-hmm. and just does it. And Darby just he's like, well, whenever Stinky comes up, you better sit still as a statue because you because Stinky will eat with rear end facing you. And I'm super nervous. I'm like, I don't want to take a bath in V8 tonight. Like, what? So, good idea or bad idea that Darby has is trying to domesticate a skunk? Whoa. Now, hold, hold on. Let me let me frame this properly. Okay. I already okay. framed it properly. I live out here. You know, I live out here on ten and a quarter acres, and I my the only person living with me is my ten year old daughter. And this skunk started coming up because we started feeding the cat. And now the skunk comes up, and the skunk acts like a cat, and it, it, it's real friendly with me. So I just, mm. just it, I'm not going to kill it. And then I started reading about it, and it turns out it might be a mama skunk. And if I killed it, I might be killing babies. You know, and I'm like, well, I don't want to do all that. Like, so it lives under my office. It comes out about 10.30 most nights. And it eats dog food, and I just don't move. I just sit there real still, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Looks like you got a ranch mascot on your hands there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's that's completely fine. You you can feed uh, you can feed animals. Obviously, if it started showing signs of you know losing its fear and getting a little too close to you, you know I, I might worry. But they're uh, they're a fur bearing uh, animal in Texas, along with badgers and foxes and beavers. So they uh, yeah they they also play a key role in keeping away the little critters and, and bugs you might not want in your house. But they do like Wait, will the skunks like will the skunks organize to fight the prairie dogs? You might want to ask him that. Maybe yeah. No, I'm asking you that. <laughs> no, is there oh, an animal oh. I can buy to kill these prairie dogs? Like a some kind of animal. No, no, no. I'm dogs. wanting to know if Stinky will head off in a civil war against the other rodents. <laughs> like, can can Stinky be the Tonkawa to Brandon Darby's Comanches out on the back part of the property? Will they help Brandon Darby, General One Hand, Brandon Darby take down the Comanches? Oh, well, I tell you, I don't know what species it is, but they're striped skunks. So uh, you're saying there's a chance. Skunk. There is. There, there's a certain species of skunk in Texas, the spotted skunk, who look more like a ferret, and they actually eat prairie dogs. So if you have one of those on your property, they will, they will one by one take sure them out. I'm going to get you, like, it's going to be a July 4th early Christmas. Spotted skunk. Yeah. <laughs> yep. They help manage as well. Yes, sir. What do you think, Darby? That's interesting. Well, I think I'm going to keep the skunk and keep feeding it, and and uh, it is getting kind of close to me. Is there some danger in that? Like it's going to attack me or something, or what? What do you tell him? Nah, obviously don't let it bite you. That would be my first concern. Um, you know, you you would notice some other uh, key issues before it. It would have maybe some signs of rabies, and that would be you know disorientation, foaming. But anytime you get bit by a wild animal, especially a mammal, yeah, that would be a concern of mine. But if he's acting docile, then feed him, and hey, you have a you have a friend. Can't can't you domesticate yeah. skunks? I mean, people have them as pets, right? They take out the glands that cause the sting. Correct. Correct. They're very smart. Yeah. There you go. Uh, fact, you could do that. Your daughter would love a pet skunk. I'm sure of it. <laughs> <laughs> in certain states, yeah. In certain states in Mexico, I know they they do that. But they, yeah, you got to take out the glands yeah. and all sorts of stuff, and you got to have a permit for them, and mm. but. Yeah, but this one sounds like he's a he's a free roamer. So let him let him roam and feed him, and he'll protect your property. Maybe he'll spray a burglar that comes up to the <laughs> comes up to the house. Well, I'm I'm already concerned. I'm already concerned about that burglar. By the way, 
given Brandon yeah, heavily or like militia man Brandon Darby. Aaron Sims, Texas Parks and Wildlife. He's game warden. You catch him, go check it out on Animal Planet. Uh, you can log in through an app on Apple TV. Go ahead and watch it. That's what I'm going to start doing with my four-year-old. And I'm going to pay Aaron Sims to come over on his birthday in November. And my, my kid's going to be freaking And Charlie's going to be freaking out. They, whoa, whoa, this is a TV star. Aaron Sims, thank you, buddy. Yes, sir. Thank, thank you, you so much, Aaron. Yes, sir. Continue on with Brandon Darby, um, editor of Breitbart, Texas. How did you feel about that interview? I was uh, I really liked that guy. I was really happy to talk to him. I was, you know, I'm com- coming to some realizations about these prairie dogs, and and I, I don't like to kill things, but I think I'm gonna have to. And uh, it was a, you know, hearing him, and he started talking about bubonic plague and ticks, you know, and that's one of those things where I, I decided at that moment when he talked about ticks and the prairie dogs having a lot of ticks, that's where I decided I might. Um, I might actually do something about it. So it was a big, big momentous turning point in my life, for sure. Okay, momentous. <laughs> okay. No, but I, I thought it was a great interview. I thought, I thought, you know, I'm glad he came on, and and uh, I was more than happy to talk to him. I mean, I'm he, glad to find out he lives he lives up here in Lubbock. Is that correct? Yeah, works at the Texas Park and Wildlife. I think is on. Highway 84 in the North Loop. So, I think yeah. we're going to have to get our kids together and, and try to go and do a tour or something, you know? Or just get and them 22s and go do. out to your house. That would work, too. I mean, we got the 22s. So we got, we got to make sure the game warden somewhere else, though. Dude, no, we don't. He said that you got fair game on. Like, this yeah, is I know, man, but it, it, I know, but it's more fun okay. if you think that way, you know? Okay. But I mean, really, I'm gonna call you after the show. Maybe, maybe Jack and Sam and I'll come out with a couple of twenty twos on Sunday. Let's just go sit out there and wait. Yeah, and we'll tell them. We'll it. freak them out and we'll tell them you clean what you kill. Oh my gosh! And you eat what you kill. Yeah, we'll do that. I mean, how traumatizing would they? Even I mean, the problem with prairie dogs is that they are cute, just like you I were know, saying, Brandon. Are. You saw them and you were like, "Oh, those are cute." Before you knew it, you had 250 of them out there breaking, breaking Billy's hooves. I mean. When all my elderly neighbors shook their head, they're like, what are you going to do about them? And I was like, oh, they're cute. And they're like, they just shook their head. And I said, uh-huh. <laughs> and now I'm looking at, I'm looking next door in this beautiful grass growing up, you know, waist high. And I'm looking at my pasture and I got little patches. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, all right, buddy, you know. Game on. Yeah. Game on. So I got a couple of headlines, and then we can get in some commentary about it. I'm looking at the New York Post right now, and uh, this is from a couple of days ago. But I'm not going to give you the headline. I'll just get in the story. Democratic Party members in Lubbock, Texas, have been getting blasted on Facebook for cropping First Lady Melania Trump out of a now viral picture from Barbara Bush's funeral. Now, the original photo brandon darby features former presidents george hw bush bill clinton george w bush barack obama and uh, obama posing alongside melania hillary clinton lara bush and michelle obama and it is to give you a visual it is melania that's standing on screen right 
Someone at the Lubbock Democratic Party headquarters posted an edited version on Sunday and later claimed that they did it by accident, but Facebook users weren't buying it. So Melania Trump on the right is cropped out of this photo. What is your headline there? Vindictive Lubbock Dems crop out Melania from First Lady photo. That's what I would say. Okay. A presidential photo. Because I, I think that it's fair to say, well, I mean, like, like, how is that an yeah, accident? Yeah, it's not an accident. Come on. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, that, that's not only not an accident, it's dishonest. I mean, they need to be honest and say, hey, we're that petty. You know? <laughs> and, and that needs to become, I don't mean this rudely, there are a lot of, you know, most of the Democrats I know locally who I like are, are Republicans. Okay? And they're, they're just very moderate Republicans. Um, a couple of really rabid Democrats locally, um, and I say rabid because they would do something like that. You know, they would like crop out someone from a photo just to be mean, just because they're that petty. And and I give them some excuse. I mean, when your group is that small, you know, like in Lubbock, when you're when you're that small of a group, you get you know they're like Sparta or something, right? Compared to versus China or the, or, the, or Genghis Khan or something. You know, it's like the Phoenicians or something. It's 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 um <clears throat> they're so such a small group. All four or five of them are you know they need to be very aggressive and that that's probably why they're so aggressive but i mean that's just absurd and that that's something that you know i would i don't see that many people in lubbock who would be that type of person we're, we're usually very nice people uh very polite people polite to people we disagree with whom we disagree and what have you but that's that's very vindictive you know i would i would that's angry that's that's something crazy you know like like they need to start if they're going to do stuff like that, they need to start putting out all their materials with, like, little letters from a, from different newspapers they've cut out, pasted onto paper. I mean, that's some Son of Sam, like, Zodiac Killer <laughs> anger kind of stuff there. I mean, so these the, people, like, you know, there, there's progressions in serial killers, right? There's, like, they start killing animals, they start stalking, they start, you know, and this is definitely in there. You know, like, I would, I would be concerned. Like, I wouldn't want to date whoever did that because... I might come home and there'd be a rabbit boiling in my pot. You know what I mean? So this is what the vice chairperson said of the Lubbock Democratic Party, presumably to the New York Post. And that's part of me reading it here on Other Side of Texas as it went all the way to the New York Post. Quote, it was an honest mistake. I apologize for posting an, an incomplete picture. He said... I didn't realize anyone was missing until it was pointed out. Thank you for your concern. You're not buying that. I don't buy that at all. I mean, I, you know, there's so basically the defense is either I'm a complete idiot who can't pay attention to detail or I'm a vindictive person exhibiting signs that I might be on the side of, uh, I might have a personality disorder. Like, that's not a good defense. Like, something's not right there. You know if you chopped out somebody from a photo. Yeah. I mean, come on. And I think a lot of us looked at that. To be fair, I saw that photo, and the photo, she was a little bit, you know, she was there, but she wasn't, like, in the bunch. She was just on the side. But she wasn't so far on the side that she she was with him in the photo, you know? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if she had a tick on her, it could have jumped off to the other lady. You know what I mean? It wasn't like she was feet away or something, right? 
No, I mean, he could have jumped so, off onto Michelle Obama. You're right. And that, I just, right. I think or that part of it is that because the country's become so visceral in its partisanship and ideological trains headed north and south, a lot of us looked at that photo and we're like, well, that's nice. Look at them all together. Like, you don't see that, that kind of quote-unquote bipartisanship very often. But then, you know, we got we to gotta crop her out. So... Uh, well, I mean, uh, you know, obviously, I mean, obviously, you know, the president didn't go to the funeral, and nobody's really talking about it, but it's probably because there's been a lot of bad blood between the Bushes and Trump, and they they probably asked him not to come to the funeral and make it a spectacle or something, and, and it was very respectful that his wife went. I thought that was very nice, and it was very nice that they all took a photo together. So, um, you know, that's the kind of stuff, like, we really don't need that, I mean, that's some Michael Quinn Sullivan, like, power Texan mailer kind of crap going on right there. Like, that's the kind of stuff that we're calling out on the right. Uh-huh. And I would hope that people on the left would do the same thing and exhibit the same decency yep. and say, hey, you know, that's not the kind of, you know, what was the guy's name who used to be there? He used to do a radio show that Kenny, is that his name? Kenny, Kenny Kettner. Ken? Kenny Kettner. Yeah, where is he? Where is he? Uh, moved to Wyoming. Montana. Yeah, Montana. Well, he's obvi- he was a very decent person. He's obviously not there any longer for them to do something like that. No. You know? Well, and that's why we wanted to bring that headline up, uh, your headline. Vindictive Lubbock Doom. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because we want to call it out when we see it. Um, <clears throat> next one on Sonia, Connecticut. Let's go with pop culture for a moment. Police say a Connecticut man with a crush on singer Taylor Swift, robbed a bank, and then went to the pop star's Rhode Island mansion where he threw the cash over the fence in an attempt to impress Taylor Swift. Bruce Rowley of Derby is charged with robbing an Asanya bank in, on April 4. Police say, quote, it seemed he wanted to propose, end quote, to Swift, so he drove about 60 miles to westerly Rhode Island and started throwing some of the roughly $1,600 he's charged with stealing over Swift's fence. Your headline. In the headline game, Brandon Darby. I would say deranged Taylor Swift fan robs to woo the star. That's what I would say. Okay, last one and we'll get you off here. This is a tweet from at real Donald Trump. After a furious year of missile launches and nuclear testing, a historic meeting between North and South Korea is now taking place. Good things are happening, but only time will tell. That was this morning at 541 Central Standard. Is it Central or Eastern? I'm not sure. I think it's Central. Uh, well, we got to see what happens, but I would probably say, you know, I was, I was actually talking about this today with someone. I'd probably say, you know, President Trump solves Korean Peninsula crisis, you know? Uh, really? This is the closest we've gotten to that, I think, in a decade. This is the first time that, that the North Korean leader has stepped foot on South Korean soil. Uh, I think that, you know, we're, we're looking, uh, if it continues, uh, this is the most promising that we've ever had. You have both leaders declaring an end to the, the hostilities and wanting an end, working toward an end to the war. They can't declare an end to the war without the U.S. and China also declaring an end to the war um, because of the the way things are. But the you know the historical 
the facts of the case, of the issue, but, but I think this is the most promising that things have been. Um, and I, I think, you know, they're, they're going to try to bend over backwards not to credit him with it. I mean, uh, you know, recently when uh, Kim Jong-un talked about denuclearization, the Washington Post, the reporter who covers it most, uh, was on Twitter saying, this is not a win for Trump, it's just this, it's just this, it's just that. Well, it looks like it might be, so so we'll see. But this is definitely, I mean, obviously, like, ratcheting the heat up, putting the heat on him, putting the heat on China, creating a window for North Korea to be our ally in the in the region while we're having issues with China, obviously showing humanity and joking about whose button was bigger for the missiles, that obviously had some impact. Um and maybe his approach will work. We'll see. But but so far, it's looking more promising than it's looked in over a decade when it comes to, to if not since the, the Korean, the actual fighting in the Korean War. So th- this is a big step. I think it's great. He is Brandon Darby at Brandon Darby. Check his stuff out at Breitbart, Texas. Thanks for taking time there in Hockley County, buddy. Thank you, sir. You have a good day. So some things that I learned this week on other side of Texas. One was that we get some good guests, and Fort Price came on, Garnett Coleman, state representatives, uh, and I see some statewide outlets covering our interview from Tuesday. And whenever we dive into state issues, I say this over and over again, we cover state politics more than any other form of government in your local, county, uh, federal because it has more of a bearing on a day-to-day basis. And we hope that, you know, so much of the issues that we talk about on the other side of Texas are state issues. And hope that you understand why we talk about those things and that you walk along with us as we learn about them. And I mean that. I try to learn on the program. And I hope that I'm transparent in that. I, you know, I'm not running for anything. I don't want to do anything. But just try to present listeners with what's upright and what's correct and and that's what we've done in case in point i said and if you're just joining the program i will vote tomorrow to give the city of lubbock authorization so much as my vote is concerned to hand over the lubbock auditorium coliseum to texas tech i don't know what purpose that facility is going to serve if we're going to pay a hundred thousand dollars a year for it just to sit there. And some will say 150, some will say 200,000, but I'm going to draw the line at 100,000 and why let it sit there? And again, for all those that are voting, you know, no way prop a, you know, hashtag on Twitter and Facebook, I don't believe that in so, so I've worked on fact and now I'm working on speculation and it's just my gut intuition. The people who are voting no way to this proposition, well, I say no way that 51% of you are going to say okay to a $25 million CO bond being issued by the city council to salvage and restore that facility. I don't think it's going to happen. So if it's just going to sit there and we're going to put any more money in it, per Matt Dotre, then my vote is for handing it over. And I just assume that Tech's going to make hay with it. Tech's going to use that property to the best of their advantage, and people will say, well, that property's worth $15 million or whatever numbers they come up with. Well, I think it's going to cost $8 million to demo it 
and I don't think that we're going to put in a $25 million prop to fix it or a bond. So that's what I've learned this week. I was really on the fence going into the week, and just by virtue of the great guests that we've had on, and you go to our podcast there on Apple iTunes and hear more about how questions I asked and uh, how I came to those conclusions. Um, and I'm glad that Brandon Darby just got all his problems figured out there on the Ponderosa yeah, with Aaron Sims, Texas Parks and Wildlife, and a game warden. Again, Lone Star Law on Animal Planet. If you've got a cable package and you've got Apple TV, you can go in and you can watch back episodes or whatever TV you might have. Um, vindictive Lubbock Dims, I think that that's a good a good way to frame it. I don't, I don't buy the argument there, and it needs to be called out. That was an opportunity to, and this is what Lubbock Democrats are going to figure out. You're outnumbered, and you aren't going to gain margins by doing things like cropping out people. And, you know, for all I hear about marginalizing people, well, whenever you crop out the first lady, then guess what? That's marginalizing people. And truth is just truth. But here's some more truth before we leave you here. My friend Derek Beard at Shift Automotive Group, this is truth. If you think I shoot you down the line, I'm telling you right now, my car guy, Derek Beard, has worked the pavement lots and he's installed the accessories and financed the deals. And now he's got his own dealership, Shift Automotive Group in Lubbock. Uh, Derek and his team are honest brokers. And they are a rarity in the car business. Real cars for real people at really great prices. Shift into something that you can trust. Shift Automotive Group just west of West Loop 289 on 58th Street. Check them out at shiftautomotivegroup.com. That's Shift Automotive, uh, excuse me, golly, it's Friday. Shiftlubbock.com. Shiftlubbock.com, 806-993-1094. Again, that's 806-993-1094. Next week, sorghum guys upside down in the trade wars. Pork guys upside down in the trade wars. What's the regional economy doing? What's rural Texas looking like? You can turn to the other side of Texas to find those answers, and we'll be covering them. This next week, Scott Braddock, Ross Ramsey, Brandon Darby, a whole host of folks here. AM580, find us there on iTunes on our podcast and until then for little sister lauren huff i gotta go home gotta get home would stay longer but i got an above average supper and a great family waiting until next night's movie night that's awesome until next time thank you for tuning in and thank you so much for telling a friend that you hang out on the other side of texas One night in Kansas City, after we had played the show, shots rang out as I stumbled home. So I hid behind a dumpster. And-